I am Barrington Brennan, a counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist with your daily relationship nugget. Today, in this episode, we continue with part two of the topic, Things to Remember When Confronting Someone in Grief. Things to Remember When Confronting Someone in Grief. Turn up the radio or turn up your dial and... Call someone to listen while you're there so you both can benefit from what I'm saying. And I shared a number of things in the last episode, and I will continue today. What about giving unsolicited advice? Unsolicited advice. This one is fairly straightforward. Unless they ask you for advice, don't give any. Let me repeat that. Unless they ask you for advice, don't give any. Unsolicited advice like, you should get out more. Get out more. Exercise will help you. Or try to stay positive. These all can make someone feel judged for their normal reaction to grief. (laughs) How often many of us have said things like this, like this. It can be painful. Remember, they have to live through the pain in order to heal. You want to see them doing better, of course, but you cannot force them to get there faster by giving suggestions. Instead, you can say affirming things that remind them that what they are feeling is totally valid and they don't need to do anything but grieve in their own way. For example, listen to your body, or move at your own pace. Yes. (laughs) How often have some people say, stop crying, or you must cry. Um, Why don't we just let the people mourn the way they want to? People who are going through loss often note that many of their friends will come to them soon after their loved one has died and say things like, Let me know if you need anything. Or ask, Can I help? And then they generally do not follow up at all. (laughs) Vague, vague offers of support. To the griever, this feels disingenuous, as if they were offering help as a way of discharging their obligations to give comfort and condolences, but had no intention of actually helping out. What's more, this kind of vague offer puts the burden of reaching out on the bereaved, as they now need to ask the friend for the help they need. Instead, usually the most meaningful thing you can do is to offer hands-on help in specific ways. I'm always here for you. I will call you to check in later. I'll come over and bring groceries. Let's come over on Wednesday. Can I come over on Wednesday and cook dinner? (laughs) No, that's practical. You know, it's so wonderful to say, I'll bring over a a bowl of soup or a pot of soup or a loaf of bread. Or just show up at the door and bring it rather than than of always offering your kind of verbal advice. 
It is so important that we be careful what we say and what we do when someone is mourning. Listen to this now. Saying, let me know if you need anything, puts the burden of reaching out on the bereaved person as they now need to ask the friend for the help they need. <laughs> and truthfully, some people, that's how they cop out. Let me know if you need anything. And then we say, oh, they didn't call, so they didn't need anything. They must, they must be coping very well. <laughs> that's not good. Loss always comes with stressful organizational and administrative tasks. Your friend might not be able to ask for help with these, but they will often need it. If you have the kind of relationship where these kinds of offers are appropriate, then saying, what can I do to help you clean up your apartment? Or what can I do to help you cook today? Or what can I do to help you prepare the funeral program? Or I can go to the bank with you to sort your paperwork. Will you go along? You know, these are important things you can say. Uh, don't say, let me know when you need help. Put down the phone or turn away and go. And you never, you never contact the person again. And the person never reaches out to you. And we saying, hmm, they didn't need our help. No, you... That, that, that statement places owners on the bereaved one, and, and that's very painful. Give specific ideas how you will or can help. What can I do to help you clean your house? Wash your car? Can I come and take you to the grocery next week? If you know that's a need for the person. And so forth. It's so important that we learn how to say the right things at the right time. This is a series on things to remember when confronting someone in grief. And as I said earlier, all of us have experienced someone close to us who died or someone who was dying but recovered who was very ill. And many of us have made mistakes by things we said or didn't say, or things we did or didn't do. And so I thought it would be important that we talk about this subject today, and this is part two in the series, Things to Remember When Confronting One in Grief. And I'm certain all of you have had a loved one, a friend, a very close person who died, and maybe even died unexpectedly. When my parents both died, I knew they were dying. Yes, my father did die, little unexpected per se, but there was no tragic accident. My mother was there on her dying bed for a few months. My father had a hemorrhagic stroke. But it's so important that we learn how to talk with and to those who are mourning. It is also important to try and understand what's happening and be sensitive when you go to visit someone who just lost a loved one. Many, many years ago, a dear friend of mine died unexpectedly in a tragic accident. 
I, yes, I was a pastor at the time, an active pastor, and so my wife and I went to visit the dear lady, the spouse, the wife, who, who was a dear loving wife or husband for over 40 years. When I entered the home, the um, house was filled with about 30 or 40 people. They were singing and they were comforting the, the, the dear lady who lost her husband while she lay in a bed. The bedroom was packed. The living room was packed. So I entered in. I reached over and I, I hugged her and I, I kissed her and I extended my sympathies, my wife and I. And in the moment, I decided everyone is just um, mourning at this time. Let me just stand back while they sing, while they are in silence. Nothing was being said. Everyone just, it's like they were in a shock. And I was there because I thought it was the best thing to do, just be silent. Ten minutes later, a dear colleague of mine walked in, a pastor himself. He greeted and he gave his, his condolences. And he couldn't stand up quietly for too long until he said, let us sing a hymn. He took out his hymn book and they started singing. And something burned inside me. I said to myself, couldn't he realize that silence was most important at that time? I want you to think about it. As we talk about this series, what to do when someone is grieving and what to say. You have been listening to your daily relationship nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, and I'm doing my best to keep a smile on your heart.